0: Welcome to Just To Know You, the podcast that interviews regular people at SAES and finds out they are far from regular.
1: That's right. I'm your host, Darian Batten.
0: And I'm Angela Kerskaden.
1: Let's get started. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and thank you for being with us today. Uh, We have with us someone who embodies the phrase, jack of all trades, master of some. Is always better than a master of one. We have with us Miss Teresa Hansen. Yeah! And the crowd goes, wow. How are you today, Miss Hansen?
0: I am fabulous. Very excited to be here, Darian.
1: <laughs> awesome. 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 And for us in Udalia, we know for those who may not, uh, how long have you been here in Saudi Arabia?
0: In Saudi, this is my 11th and a half year. So I'm going into my 12th year.
1: What brought you here to Saudi Arabia?
0: Uh, That's a little bit of a story. It was a serendipitous connection. So my old administrator, when I worked in Kuwait, ended up moving here. And when I decided to leave Kuwait, I had kind of lost touch with him. And his wife and I were friends And we didn't really keep in touch that much, but out of the blue, she messaged me and said, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? Where are you? What are you doing? And I told her that I decided to leave Kuwait. And she said, oh my God, we're in Saudi. Ian would love to hire you. And and here I'm thinking, I am getting out of the Middle East. I'm going to go sit on a beach in Thailand, (laughs) right? So, uh, lo and behold, here I am. So it was through a connection, my old administrator in Kuwait, and then he moved here and hired me here.
1: Can we talk a little bit about where you grew up and then what inspired you to begin your overseas journey?
0: Wow, where where did I grow up? Kind of everywhere, Darian. I think if you want to narrow it down, I guess... I would consider Vancouver Island, Victoria, BC, Canada, my home, but I kind of lived a lot of different places.
1: Were all these places different places in, in Canada or?
0: Canada and then the US a little bit.
1: So which one would you call home?
0: Definitely Canada, Vancouver Island. I'm an island girl.
1: How was it growing up on an island?
0: Hard to get off of it. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I mean, if it snowed, the military had to come and dig you out. We, we only have, you know, we have a ferry that's getting more expensive every year. But anyway, and then airplane, you know, just a small airplane to get off But
1: How far is it from the main island?
0: So if you take the ferry, it's an hour and 35 minute ferry ride. On BC ferries. All you BC people know what I'm talking about.
1: Shout out to B.C. British, British Columbia, correct? Yes. All right. All right. I'm 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 learning more about geography the longer I stay out of the United States. So shout out to British uh, Columbia. Okay. So you born and for the most part, uh, well, not born, but raised on uh, Vancouver Islands. Yeah. Uh, from the Vancouver Islands. How was your journey from there to Saudi Arabia? How did we end up there?
0: That is another really serendipitous story. I had always dreamed of going overseas. It was something I researched. It was something I'd hoped to do. I had the travel bug. I mean, I remember being younger, dreaming of just, oh, I'm going to hop on an airplane and just go somewhere. But I was only 16. So instead, I jumped in my car and drove to Kelowna. (laughs) maybe like, I don't know, six hours away. I loved traveling. I loved it so much. And I knew it was something I always wanted to do. At the same time, I was a single mom and I had a young child. So I kind of gave up on that dream and thought, you know, how, how am I going to go overseas as a single parent with a young child? And I, I kind of gave up on the dream. I said, okay, well, you know, if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. My dad called me one day and said, do you mind just talking to this guy? He's he's a superintendent of a school in Kuwait. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Where's Kuwait? And isn't that where they're bombing right now or something? Right, yeah. <laughs> this was back in like 2002, I believe. So to appease my father... I said, okay, sure, I'll chat with this guy. So I did, and the more I talked to him, the more I thought, oh, my gosh, this could actually be possible. The school sounded great for my daughter. It sounded like a great opportunity. I mean, after being a teacher on call, subbing, and if you've ever done that, you know you only get paid if you get called into work
1: right right cool. and
0: it was so stressful well i did that for 3 years and struggled a lot so this job opportunity was like just such an incredible thing to fall in my lap right and and i just it was really scary but it it everything told me no this is the right thing just go for it do it and so I accepted the offer after applying, of course, the day that the U.S. started bombing in Iraq, I believe it was. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I was like, um, "Hmm, um, should I still do this? Yeah, let's go for it.
1: <laughs> and you still went?
0: I still went. I went. And that was 20 years ago.
1: Did you feel that when you went to Kuwait that what was going on? in Iraq had a direct impact to what was going on with you?
0: Maybe this is my ignorant nature in a way. I'm not very invested in politics and I don't know a lot about world events. I know, you know, what was happening was really scary and followed the news a bit, but I, I just didn't feel that personal impact. And when I got there it, I mean, there were a couple of, ex- of experiences that were interesting. For example, my first apartment had bullet holes in the walls. Really? <laughs> yeah, from the Gulf War, not from what was currently happening. And then we, you know, I heard people who had stories about when there was the invasion and how they had to flee and whatnot. So, and then we went, actually, we went once to the um, the tank cemetery, they call it. We snuck in. Our, our, our superintendent actually took there for us there for a field trip. It was quite funny. We got in huge trouble. I never saw really directly that impact, but it was an interesting part of the history and talking to people and sort of understanding what they had con- gone through there. Dude,
1: how was it being a single mother in Kuwait?
0: That was another interesting story because in order to go, I obviously had to have a lawyer certified letter and permission saying that I could take her out of Canada. And then also I had to have that attested or approved in Kuwait. So imagine I'm pretty new in Kuwait and I'm driving around trying to find all these random government buildings in Kuwait and... Fortunately, at first they were like, hey, well, you're a single mom, you can't be here and you need this documentation. And fortunately, everything worked out, obviously. But it seemed other than that, after getting everything approved, I mean, I never, no one ever said, oh, what are you doing here as a single mom? Um, It was, I was, I felt accepted. I felt respected. Um, I hadn't, I personally had no issues with it.
1: I think it's important to get that message out there that, you know, um, what's coming to a lot of countries in this area, I think there's a misconception of the treatment that you will receive. And it sounds like you were treated well.
0: Oh, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well,
1: so how long did you stay in Kuwait?
0: I was there for eight years.
1: How do you think growing up in Kuwait impacted her um, positively and negatively?
0: So that's actually something I've revisited lately. My daughter is now 29 and she's married and has her own daughter who is now four and she lives in Canada and she does not want, she lives on the Island back on the Island and she does not want to leave at any time, I suggest something, it's like, no,
1: <laughs> Really. I,
0: I think being in Kuwait for her going to school where to start where she did, it, it was really hard on her. And I didn't realize how hard it was for her. Um, the first school we went to was quite, um, quite heavily Kuwaiti populated. There weren't a lot of international students or even Western kids. So she basically jumped as it she was just going into fifth grade as a ten year old from Canada. It was it was really hard. She she would beg me, I wanna go home, I wanna go home, I wanna fill my roots. I said, just give it a chance, you know, just see so we were in this one school for three years and i it and i ended up sending her home for a little bit because it just was she was really miserable and through another serendipitous connection i ended up working at the american school of kuwait and so i changed schools and i thought oh this school is going to be so much better for her it's more international um has more opportunities for her so so i moved there and brought her back and she was better there. She was happier. But when she was 16, she just wrote me this big letter and said, I want to go home. I need to fill my roots. I want to have a chance to live with my dad before I grow up. And and she just wanted that high school experience in Canada. She has so many opportunities, you know, she's traveled a lot. She would go, for example, to sporting events in, in Cairo, right? Right. <laughs> like, really? so she and she did a trip to Turkey. We traveled everywhere. I took her to India. We did a two week trek in the Himalaya Mountains. We traveled to Goa. We traveled to Australia. We tra- traveled to South Africa. We've like, that's just, you know, that's what you do when you're international, right? You get to travel. And I think that's part of the reason why so many of us are overseas is because of that opportunity to travel. And if you have kids, to give your kids that opportunity.
1: which I think
0: personally is one of the best things you can give your kids. But my my kid, (laughs) I think, (laughs) I don't know what she just, I mean, I don't think she didn't appreciate it or or she didn't enjoy it. I just, I think it was just really hard for her in ways that I didn't understand.
1: I think it's, it's neat because I haven't heard some of these stories or some of these heartfelt perspectives that you have, uh, you and and your daughter so it's kind of neat to see that side of you for me as well all right we're going to switch directions um it seems like you and your daughter have a a great relationship and that you've been very influential in her development and that you purposefully thought out a lot of the trajectory tell me about someone who has helped you become the person you are today
0: oh my gosh so many people i've had a lot of angels and guides along my way. I've been so lucky. My colleagues, I've had such fabulous colleagues. I really feel fortunate with those people who have been in my life.
1: Hey, you got to pick one.
0: Have to you got to pick one, one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pick one oh. and narrow in on Okay, that I'll
0: go with a current, oh my gosh. Do you want an educational one, or do you want a...
1: It doesn't matter. (laughs) You pick who you like. Uh,
0: Okay, okay. Well, this is getting super personal, so... But anyway, so I work with this wonderful coach, and she... I've worked with her for maybe the last four years, um, and she has... She has changed my life. I've learned so much from her. I've learned... How to navigate different situations in such a better way. She's helped me through difficulties and just, and not only that, but I now have the tool, tools to help myself through those difficulties, you know? She uses a technique called tapping. So it's an emotional freedom technique. We do this tapping technique. When it boils down to everything, the one message is to b- truly believe in your heart and know that you are enough. So every day I'm working on, I'm enough. I messed up and I'm still enough. (laughs) (laughs) I said this dumb thing and I'm still enough. You know, and I tell my students that all the time. I tell them, you are enough right here, right now. You screwed up, you're still enough. You didn't get an A on that test, you're still enough. That's one message that she's taught me I get to pass on to my kids and the people around me. So I'm grateful for her for that.
1: How do you think we should continue to build up self-esteem or what would you say is the most important or the the best way to build up self-esteem in ourselves and in others?
0: Every day in every cell of your being that you are enough. You are, I am enough. And you remind yourself. And you accept yourself. You accept all your feelings. You accept whatever you're going through. And then you just say, Hey, you're enough. You know, you're you're alive on this planet, and you're enough. You don't have to be anything other than what you are right here, right now.
1: Because we were having a conversation beforehand off camera about what was the name of the movie?
0: Everything, everywhere, all at once.
1: Everything, everywhere all at once and um we were talking about how everything matters almost if everything matters nothing matters all at the same time the most important thing that you can almost that you can gain a life almost is to have self-confidence and self-confidence is so important for success
0: i think it's different than self-confidence i think it's i think it's just more like self-acceptance and self love just loving and accepting yourself. For example, it it might be, um, I'm really scared to take this risk, and that's okay, and I'm enough for being scared. And I don't have to do it if I don't want to, and that's still okay. It doesn't mean like, okay, come on, go out there and be self-confident. It just means you love and accept yourself no matter where you're at in your life. The way you show up is enough. Like, I'm showing up today as this person, and that's Enough. Because maybe I'm not feeling self-confident right now and that's (laughs) okay.
1: We had a second grade student here who wrote a story and you had the opportunity to bring that story to life and it brought it to life in ways that I couldn't have imagined. And so when you when you have that ability to take a simplistic story and create a masterpiece out of it, where does that come from? Does that come from being able to Um, Maybe create masterpieces when you didn't have much.
0: Maybe, maybe. I mean, I've always had a creative mind. I've always been drawn to theater, um, creativity, writing, storytelling, play acting, the stage, performing, and just being creative in general. That, by the way, that project you just brought up, the children's theater, is my most favorite thing to do in the entire world. If I could do just that every day and only that, I would be so happy.
1: When did you begin doing that?
0: A few, quite a few years ago. I can't remember exactly how many years ago. Maybe eight-ish, maybe more. But I got the idea. I went to a Broadway teacher's theater workshop there was something called the story pirates and they did a little show and and they told us what their idea was is finding stories or found objects or found notes or uh, stories that children write and then turning them mostly into like a musical number or something and I thought god what a cool thing I want to do that so I came back that year and I created this class where I had my middle-level students take younger students' stories, and we created together performances based on their stories, as you saw. And we actually used to tour the shows to Dahran and to Abcake. This was before COVID, yeah, but then we stopped doing that. But we might get back out to Abcake eventually, maybe next year. But, uh, yeah, it's just I love the connection that, the kids especially the middle level kids get from doing that you know where they get to see how excited the younger students get when they see their writing performed on stage you know
1: what why is it still important to teach drama
0: why is it so important to teach drama in schools today can how much time do we have <laughs> <laughs>
1: As much as you need, as much as you need. If, if
0: you Eric need. Melver's listening, maybe he can jump in on this. But <laughs> kids still, they're focused on grades. Like, what do I need to do to get an A? Or, oh, I can't mess up. Or I can't be creative because I just want to get a good grade. So drama for me, it allows kids to free themselves from these shackles of, I need an A, I need to do well. You know, I tell them, I say, you know, okay, yeah, we have... You have to do this or whatever. If you want an A, do this. Just try and do something in class and have good energy. But forget about the grade. Let's just have fun. You know, this is the thing. And they, I don't want them to worry about that, right? So drama for me, I think, can open them up and release them from, oh, there's a right or a wrong answer. And it allows them to make mistakes, which I think we need to allow more opportunity for kids to do is make mistakes because how do we learn right so they can test things out they can make mistakes they can create they can invent they can imagine it's that whole design process right try something get an idea try it out oh that didn't work let's try something else as einstein said knowledge encompasses everything we know and imagination everything we'll know or will ever know, you know, like, sorry, I totally botched that quote, <laughs> <laughs> but I think if you know it, I mean, then you know it, right? <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it seems like uh, drama is near and dear to your heart. In what capacity have you worked when you talk about drama? It seems like you've worked in it for a while.
0: I have. Yeah. That's another awesome serendipitous story. You want to hear it?
1: Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm just waiting back. Listening. Yeah. So,
0: so, so yeah, drama is near and dear to my heart. I uh, started doing it in my undergrad as a concentration and I fell in love with it. I just was like, Oh my gosh. Cause I learned so much about myself. Right. And I just never felt so alive and present in the moment. And I just wanted more and more. So I did like, Local community classes and got involved in that way. And then when I moved overseas to Kuwait, I got involved in the Kuwait Little Theater. I originally was teaching second grade when I first went to Kuwait, and I was, you know, I didn't, it wasn't, I knew it was never my thing. I didn't quite, I was like, oh, I just don't know how I can do this forever and ever. I don't know. So one thing we had to do was we had to do put on these uh, yearly productions, grade level productions. And I started writing the scripts for them and directing the kids. And I was like, oh, how can I do this all the time? Because I really love doing this. And so what I did is I actually devised and wrote a proposal for a drama position. Like I created this drama position for myself that I could do at my first school. And I presented it to the administration and they had rejected it at first. Um, And then I changed schools to American school, Kuwait, and I presented it again and it was accepted. So I became this person who created a whole drama program for the school, where they never had one before. And that was the administrator I was telling you about earlier, who actually ended up being here in Saudi, and who hired me to come here to create the drama program here at our school. Well, because of that, I ended up uh, getting a master's degree in theater production because I loved it so much, and I was like, "Oh, how can I do this better? How can I do it more?" But that's the th- and that's the thing is, if you don't like what you're doing, try and find a way to create something new for yourself. And I feel really blessed that I was actually able to do that, and I'm still doing it.
1: It's a testament to understanding. Um, a need and understanding a possibility when you see one, you know, yeah. and really taking advantage and understanding the freedom that you have in various, in various fields.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. That freedom, but the support, right. And the opportunity and, and also following your passion, right. Following what you love to do and just letting it guide you.
1: What is your f- Favorite production uh, outside of school, and what is your favorite one that you've been a part of?
0: So I can answer your second question. I don't know about <laughs> <laughs> so the, the favorite one I've been a part of in school. Has there, so one year I believe it was 2015. Myself, um, Ian Russell, my old administrator, and then Dale Etheridge we collaborated together and we actually wrote a musical that we put on stage here in Utalia and we had a live band and it was so cool. It was called keep on keeping on. And it was about this journey that a, a student had and she had to move countries. So it was really relatable to our kids. Right. And just the, the the hard part of saying goodbye and then fitting into a, your new country and yeah so but it was through through a musical and I wrote most of the dialogue and then we edited together but it was it was so hard and so much work and I really don't know how I actually did that with everything else but it was just such a fun thing and so creative and collaborative and yeah it was really rewarding so that is my favorite thing that i've done here um did my video, favorite huh
1: did you videotape it or yeah 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 is it posted
0: on,
1: on youtube or
0: oh my gosh no i don't i, mean, <laughs> I don't i don't think we can do that but i'll show you i mean we'd okay. have all sorts of permissions i guess but oh uh, okay yeah but uh but i'll show you for sure yeah
1: what about outside of school
0: oh gosh i uh, there's there's aspects of every show that i really enjoy i can't i can think of a movie other than everything everywhere all at once (laughs) 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 you want my movie Fight club, fight club. Fight club. Yeah, I know. Isn't that funny? Totally off the...
1: (laughs) Why fight club?
0: Because it just reminds you that, you know, one day you're going to die. And, you know, what are you going to do with your life? Are you going to sit there and be scared to live? Or are you going to go for it and live? There's a scene in the movie where Brad Pitt, his character, takes the, the um, convenience store guy out and he holds a gun to his head and he says, you know, what did you want to be? What did you want to be? And he said he wanted to be a veterinarian. he's like, why, why aren't you being a veterinarian? And he says, I don't know, time, money. So, I mean, that's a great, if you apply that in your own life, like what are you not doing because you're too scared or you think you you don't have time or money or whatever, or or you might not succeed at something. What is it that's holding you back? And what if you had no fear? What if you truly knew, okay, yeah, I'm gonna die? And and what if you just really lived? Right? As Steve Jobs said, life death is life's best invention.
1: It seems like, you know, you're you're saying that your dreams are as urgent as life itself. You know, like you, you shouldn't separate living life and living your dreams.
0: Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? What are you waiting for?
1: I, th- I feel like I'm at like a, a Tony Robbins. <laughs> <you> know, <like laughs> oh
0: my gosh.
1: David Groggin's motivational camp. <laughs>
0: You know? <laughs> okay, that was not my intention, but you inspired me, Darian. You inspired right. me. Even if you don't go for it, even if you are scared, even if you're like, okay, maybe I'm not going to do this, you're still enough.
1: Hey, it's hey. okay
0: too, right? There you
1: go. <laughs> Miss Hanson, Miss <laughs> Teresa Hanson, this has been a ball. I feel inspired, motivated slightly scared with a little (laughs) bit of anxiety Uh, and all of it is enough. And we thank you for spending time with us to let us know that through it all, we are enough. Thank you for being with us on the just to know you podcast.
0: You're welcome. (laughs) My pleasure.
1: Thank you for listening to just to know you.
0: We would like to thank our amazing tech man, Mr. Kent, i Sterling McDonald for the podcast music and the SAES community. See you next time.
1: If you know anyone who you think has a great story to tell, we would love to hear about it. Please send an email to either Angela, Darian, or Kent.